We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Tripping. I'm out of here anyway. We there. The top of the hour is being brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Tickets for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic in Dublin, Ireland are on sale now. Head to nusports.com for details. And Transition is being brought to you by Amy Kite of Keller Williams Realty Infinity. Today, your afternoon show. Matt Spiegel and Will Purdue. What's up, boys? How about it, Lawrence? I'm looking forward to getting to hang out with Will Purdue. I've never done this, never hosted with the man, and here he is. Hello, Will. I always, this is actually the what I'm looking forward to the most right now. Transition? Yes. You, yeah, we were texting about stuff, and you're like, let's see, we got transition with Lawrence. Like, this is this is good when the shows clash. Like but I, I, I will say this. It's pretty weak sauce that he's doing this from home. <laughs> Why? I mean, I, there's, a, there's a respect factor of taking the time to come into work, <laughs> showing your face. <laughs> People could see my face on the Twitch stream. Yeah, I, mean, I know. But, but let me ask you this question, my friend: Is your producer? Where's your producer? No, he he is in the studio working hard. But here's the thing, though, Will. He's a short timer. He's got a new job. Is going to pay him a lot of money. He's got one more week of this nonsense with me, and then he's going to go get rich. I like how Will comes in and immediately taps into the awkward personal dynamic that exists in every show. Like me and Danny feel guilty when we work from home and Shane and Tanny have to come in. It's like, uh, do you guys mind if we work from home? We'll buy lunch. We'll sponsor lunch to make ourselves feel better. Will comes in, puts a finger right on it. Well, the, be- the beautiful thing about this is that one of the, the byproducts of what has happened over the last two years is we figured out we can kind of do our jobs in multiple places. It's true. It's very And true. it's a good thing to be able to do that. And and I am I am certain that Will's going to do so well sitting in with Spiegel that at some point he is going to be gifted with a Comrex box himself. And then <laughs> well. he's going to just dial in and just jump in on any conversation that happens to be going on on the air. Well, this is what I've been – I won't say where he is – but I've been told that Danny's on a little staycation with the wife, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. But what I can't get out of my mind is is that he's somewhere at a hotel in an indoor pool laying on a lounger with I don't know what on his face and cucumbers with and then a little drink on the side uh-huh. and just sitting there laughing. The thing is, if you know that guy, he'd rather be here. You know, he just, he lives to be don't, here. Don't buy that. No, don't you know what, Will? I, 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 I buy it, and here's why. There, there, is a, there is a bit of an opiate aspect to doing this job, <laughs> and, and, and we do still, we love it. And now if you're giving us the option to do it in multiple places, 
where we can do it from anywhere and the, the sound quality, it used to be the sound quality was going to be terrible if you did it off-site. But now the sound quality is is almost, is not perfect. Spiegel knows what I'm talking about. Like we can hear some of the flaws and imperfections sure. in it, but the condensers of our stations are so good that most people can't. So now you, you want to still be connected. And you still want to do stuff and jump in when there's a, a hot story that's going on. And while he is taking his time, I, I'm not saying he'd rather be on the air, but he probably is going through things in his mind, even with his vacation time, of things that he wants to do the next time that he's on the air. <laughs> right, he's content curating as we speak, 100%. Always content curating. Um, Russ tweets in at me and says, Speaks, how many co-hosts have you worked with now? I've, this is my first newbie to add in quite a while, Lawrence. I think at the radio station, you are now number 37 that I have hosted Wow. Show yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So considering that's that's quite the Rolodex. Yeah, I think 11 of those happened during uh, Dan McNeil's famous summer of indecision. Um, (laughs) And and then Lawrence and I worked together for like three months uh, somewhere in there. We sure did. Yeah. I mean, it's like there's a lot of full timers. But yeah, 37 different people I've made radio with here at the radio station. I like it. Oh, boy. All right. Listen. Yeah. Lawrence. Yes. We'll we'll move. We'll get past you being at home because I thought I was going to be able to see you in person. I'm disappointed. I I am disappointed too because I always enjoy like being able to talk with you about like non radio or basketball stuff. So yes, I I didn't know that you were hosting today. If I would have known, I would have you know I I totally wouldn't have come in. But I at least would have <laughs> been tempted. I appreciate you throwing that out there. I would have at least been tempted to come in to, to, to see your smiling face and you having an opportunity to crack the microphone. So I've got Bulls questions. Can I, can I throw them your way since we're in a transition segment? Oh, uh, wait. Hold on a second. You know, yeah, of course, man. Go. Let's well, go. I was gonna, the reason why I spoke to you is because it's kind of interesting. On the Uber ride over, uh, our – producer for tonight's show you know they play the the uh pacers tonight pregame starts at 5 30 one of our segments is going to be about how they need to address the big man situation and they asked me you know who do we want to talk about and i put nance from portland Mm. larry nance jr and up on the left side of the screen here it looks like that the portland trailblazers are starting to make trades because I think they just made a trade with the L.A. Clippers. Just got Bledsoe, right? No? And I'm starting to think, does that mean now that Nance is available? Hmm. And somebody that we could get to back up Vooch? Well, last night exposed the need for more depth and physicality up front. Did it not? As they got out in Zach Levine's own words, he said we yes. got out-physicaled. And we've, we've heard that before, and... Listen, I always try to uh, preface this. So the Clippers receive Norman Powell and Robert Covington, and the Trailblazers receive Eric Bledsoe, Justin Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a 2025 second-round pick from the Detroit Pistons. So Covington is a 3-and-D guy that had been rumored to be available, and some people were talking about that for the Bulls. Covington would have been a nice fit for the Bulls. Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily need – we need a big man, and I think Nance would be the perfect – 
fit from a toughness standpoint, from a rebounding standpoint. And he doesn't need the ball. He's one of those guys that'll play and doesn't doesn't Bingo. need to have the ball. He can he, just go get his points the dirty way. He's a guy that's when you his question is, hey, I would like to score a little more, and you look at him and go, we'll go get more offensive rebounds or run more on the on the break, and you'll get you'll get the basketball because. I think the one thing that Io, Zach, Demar, Kobe have all proven—they're willing passers. Mm-hmm. So let's see if anything else continues from this. But I will say this: I mean, it's—it's it's like I, trying to get information regarding what the Bulls are doing. Forget it. It's—it's. It's, I mean, it's just—it's like an airtight seal over there, and they say nothing. That's great. It's, it's so the way to do it. And we saw it play out last year when the Vooch trade was a complete shock to the oh, system. Stunner. Right? And, and nobody knew that was coming. And, and just that. And, and so you're like, that took a while to just sort of wrap your head around because it changed the direction of everything, changed the time frame of everything. And you didn't even know they were considering stuff like that. But that is the sign of a well-run organization. Uh, this, I this is where 100%. I'm at, though, Will. Okay, let's I, go my, for it, man. I, I'm sorry my, my I keep only, stepping on your feet. My only question is is that because of the, the injury situation with Lonzo and with Caruso, can the Bulls afford to trade any of the pieces that aren't hurt to get what they need, or, or, or is the greater good making the trade no matter what it means in the short term? Well, and the reason why I say I, th- I think they should make a trade and address this issue is for a couple reasons. If what you're telling us is correct regarding Ball and Caruso, meaning that at the present moment it looks like they'll be back and healthy and ready for the playoffs, okay, according to what we've been told or what we've read, you know, the statements that they've released. So if that's the case – you, air quotes, hopefully everybody's now at full strength. Mm-hmm. There's going to be nicks and bruises and, you know, back spasms, whatever it may be. Nobody's 100% healthy. But if that's the case, and the timeline for this whole thing has really moved up because of how well this team has played, played early when they were 100% healthy, and we knew the impact of Caruso, and we knew the impact of Ball and what these guys actually yep. meant to the team. So now you got to make a deal that is about enabling you to win a playoff series against a, t- a matchup that might concern you. Correct, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, we're making great progress. We don't need to trade anybody. Wait till next year. You can't wait till next year. You, you got a window right now with the I mean, way the East ask, is. Ask the the Brooklyn Nets now that Kevin Durant is out with a knee injury. Can you wait till next year? Tyree's going to be a free agent. Can you guarantee me right now, Lawrence, that DeMar DeRozan is going to play this well next year? I cannot guarantee you that. He's playing so great, and you do want to try and take advantage of some of the dysfunction that we are seeing in Brooklyn and the not knowing what might happen there with how the playoffs are set up and whether Kyrie is going to be allowed to play in games that, that, are, that are at home for Brooklyn if James Harden – is happy because he doesn't seem like it. He, he seems like th- this was a terrible mistake, <laughs> and and he's looking to be anywhere else. The, the, the Sixers are on fire as an organization because of all the Ben Simmons stuff. So all of the, these places where 
you might not get this set of circumstances again. I'm with you. I, I think this is a team that's good enough to compete. So, yes, they could use some more beef in, in the front court because it, it does feel like you're asking Vooch to do a ton for this team, and you're probably stretching him thin. And, and it depends on the matchup, too, because, it, it, look, Vooch is doing a hell of a job. What does he have, nine double-doubles out of ten games, something like that? And he's he's looking very comfortable offensively and saying so after the game last night, talking about how he feels better than he has all year in terms of his role and stuff. But every once in a while, you're going to run against a team. Those Raptors, man, there's like, I feel like they have like eight guys who are 6'8", 6'9", with long arms yes. and are kind of interchangeable. And Scotty Barnes slides right in. And everywhere you look is a box out that needs to be made that yeah. was not made last night. Well, we talked about this in our uh, production meeting, and there'll be more about it tonight in the pregame show. When you look at um, the numbers, when Vooch is on the floor, the Chicago Bulls are actually the number one defensive rebounding team at 76%. Wow. But when he's off the floor, they're actually last in the league Oof. in defensive rebounding at 70%. That's so their so, average is somewhere crazy. in the middle. That's so wow. definitive. That's a big stat. So that tells you what needs to be addressed and what cost them the game last night. Most importantly, offensive rebounding. It what? was an offensive rebound putback. It was kind of a crazy one, a slap that tied the game that pushed it in to overtime. But they had, what, 22 of them or something like yeah, that? Yeah, and it's another team that got 60 points in the paint. Um, but – and I know people are like, you know, I I love Kobe. But right now, I, I think that he has the most value out of anybody. That's fair. Because of how well he's playing. And – is his value going to be any higher than it is right now? And what is it that most teams are looking for? We're not looking for scoring. We've got plenty of that. We're looking for defense. We're looking for rebounding. And my last point is you're talking about a second-round pick in Io DeSumo who's playing so well that he, to me, makes Kobe available, whether – and the Bulls aren't going to talk about it. They're not going to confirm, deny. They're just tight-lipped. But I think because of how well Io is playing, that to me makes Kobe available. And if you can fill that need, then I think you have to pull the trigger. Because remember what well, the one thing you're always trying to do is make the sell. And you're not just necessarily making the sell to the current members of the Bulls team but you're trying to make the sell to other players around the league, mm -hmm. free agents that could have a significant impact to your team. So you're trying to show them that you go for it, that you know what a winner looks like, that you're not afraid to do what you got to do to try and, and win it all. Because I, we, can't, I can't imagine like how, how positively that would impact Zach Levine. You know, for, think about all the seasons that he's had of losing basketball. And, and then to go to that, to go from that to, yeah, man, we're gonna push the button and try to win right now. I can't even imagine like how joyous that's going to make. Well, that's why Zach played last night, and that's why he's been playing. That's why he came back early, and that's why we again, we have these production meetings before every game. I'm I, I stepped up and I said, hey, I can't be prouder of Zach because of where he's been to where he is, 
But he's he's even admitted, I've never been on a team like this. I've never been a part of winning like this. I've never had this type of opportunity. I want to be out there playing. But I think this is where now Billy has to step up and, you know, say, Zach, I'm going to take this load off your shoulders. I'm going to go in the the press conference and I'm going to say, I'm taking Zach out. I'm sitting Zach down. Tonight, right? Whether it be tonight, any other night, just – Take don't let Zach make the decision. Take it away from him and give him that opportunity to rest because now it was seven and ten. Now it's six and nine. I know he doesn't want to sit. I know he does want to play, but when I saw him miss two layups, it's obvious that that back is bothering him and he needs some rest. And sometimes very few players have that mentality because they'll sit themselves down. But when you get a guy that's been through what Zach's been through and he's now pushing himself harder than he ever has. You kind of got to pull them back and set them down and almost have one of the assistant coaches sit on top of them and be like, nope, can't do it, man. I'm going to I'm gonna take the, the, the blow for you. I'm going to let people know that I'm the one sitting you down. I'm going to let them know how bad you wanted to play. But we have to look at the bigger picture. Are we fighting for playoff position? Yeah, but are we fighting to get into the playoffs? No, that's mm-hmm. a difference. And so I think he needs to step aside, and I think Billy's the one that's going to have to kind of force his hand on that issue. The vibes are so good on this team. Like Vooch, the way he was talking about seeing Zach play, and like they're just they're so pleased with the fact that Zach wants to play. They appreciate it. Like Vooch was all up in his own head at the beginning of the season because he wants to be a great teammate. He wants to show up and and fill that roll and 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 do it right so no but that's that's also speaks about what what accountability stands for because mm-hmm. now nobody wants to be in a locker room where if you look to your left and you look to your right you're not a hundred percent positive that that guy's given his best effort because eventually it shows mm-hmm. whether it's the fan base whether it's the coaches whether it's your teammates whether it's other teams you know because what did as you just pointed out, Speaks, what did Zach say? They got out physical. They got outplayed by a team that, quite honestly, is not as good on paper. Injuries aside, still not as good. But just because of how hard they play and the mm-hmm. way they play, and unfortunately now we were talking about this again in the pregame show, looked like that the offense for the uh, Raptors was just turn the corner, get into the paint, and see what happens. It wasn't like run a bunch of plays. It was just like turn the corner, get into the paint, mm. Really, you know, press their defense. If we don't make the first shot, we'll get second chance opportunities. And that's that's kind of, you know, you don't have to have an intricate game plan if that's what you can do. Will, I want to ask you something that I ask off. And, and you would know because you've been on championship level teams. What would you compare DeMar DeRozan's leadership style to? I think it's it's more like... And I know people are going to be, you know, you're going to kind of bat an eye, but um, he, the interesting thing is he, he was in an organization with the Spurs that that's, I'm not saying that's where he learned it, but when, when you'd ask that question, the first thing I thought about was uh, the San Antonio Spurs, you know, everybody's watched, you know, the 30, 30 special about MJ and how his style was somewhat abrasive, but it worked. Because it, it, that's not somebody you're, you know, I always laugh about people now when they were watching that show. They're like, oh, I ain't letting MJ talk to me like that. Well, guess what team you won't be playing for? 
because the minute you <laughs> the minute you push back, you'll be gone. <laughs> because Jerry and Phil had that team put together a certain way to be able to respond to what Michael was going to do. I mean, there were a lot of questions, you know, when people came in more so about their mental toughness and their their physical ability. But in San Antonio, it was more like a family. And maybe that's what it was like in Toronto as well. So he went from one family to the next family. But that's the way he's acting and the way he's treating his teammates has got Greg Popovich written all over it. Mm -hmm. I know that he didn't necessarily enjoy his time there because I think of how they used him. But he enjoyed Pop, and he talked about it when he went back But I think he learned quite a bit, and he's taken a a lot out of that. And that just, to to a T, that reminds me, like when I saw him – I actually worked that game in Champaign when Io got his jersey uh, retired against Maryland, and I I found out that he was coming, and I was like, "That's that's the San Antonio organization family first approach," and that's what he is. That's what he stands for, and I think that he's really bought. And I know this is kind of a funny word, but he's brought a lot of harmony to that locker room. That's beautiful. Hey, Lawrence, it's a great word. We're going to talk to Sean Elliott a little bit later on this hour, who's the Spurs broadcaster and Will's former teammate. So we'll ask about that particular brand of, of leadership and, and team chemistry. And I will try not to ask like six questions about Sean's 1988 Arizona final four team that also had Kenny Lofton on it and Steve Kerr and Judd Bushler. Uh, I mean, one of the best college rosters of all time, all time, right? So, so interesting. Kenny Lofton couldn't crack that starting five. It was a very good team. For sure. They have lots of stories about him talking about why he should crack that that starting <laughs> five and, and everyone else there knowing that he shouldn't. Yeah, but here's that, here's that a question for five. you, uh, Alabama guy. Does that roster match one of the championship rosters from the Alabama Crimson Tide? On the football side? Yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. We, we just reload down there. You know how it is in, in T-Town. Goodness. Uh, we just even, – even – you know what's funny – did you guys see the the video of Brian Kelly doing the the dance with with yes. one with, of the recruits? Yeah, and that they, guy went to Alabama. Yeah, that guy <laughs> that didn't go to LSU. Then immediately decided, you know what I want to do? I don't want to hang out with this guy in Baton Rouge. Give me the coach that doesn't dance and eats oatmeal cream pies for breakfast. Oh, That's man. my coach right there. Roll tight. <laughs> Maybe he didn't appreciate the fake accent. <sighs> I I mean. I think that it's going to be a lot of rough road for Brian Kelly in the SEC. Oh, I hope so. That would be nice. <laughs> I, I hope so too. I, and he's gonna he's gonna be able to take it all the way to the bank. Like he's got that money, but I think that he's about to be embarrassed. I thought now. you guys were talking about the Alabama basketball team that had Latrell Sprewell and Robert Ory on it together in '92, and James Robinson was on that team. They had a few different uh, NBAers, but um, that's an entirely different story. Lawrence, um, thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. We've got Sean Elliott at 2.40. Got Olin Krutz at 4 o'clock. My buddy Roy Wood Jr. will come on and be wonderful at 4.40 because that's all he does. And uh, then we're out of here at 5.45 a little early for the Bulls' second game in the four out of five nights stretch that they are about or that they're in the middle of. All right, boys. Be good. Enjoy your weekend. He's, Thanks, Will. he's Lawrence Holt.